Welcome to the RYR Endurance Team Podcast. We are grateful that you've chosen to tune in and listen. If you are a runner, aspiring runner, triathlete, or aspiring triathlete, you are in the right place. We love sharing what we know about these sports. If you like what you hear, you can always learn more by contacting us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or by visiting our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Top of the morning to you, Paula. Cool. Good morning. (laughs) It's going to be a beautiful day. Yes, it is. (laughs) I'm looking forward to our vacation that's coming up. A well-deserved and hard-earned vacation this year, I'll say. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. We're going to spend a little bit of time in Florida, and it'll be me and you, Bethany and Jacob and Shelby and Ellie-Ann. And as a bonus, we are being chauffeurs to my dad and his girlfriend. She has a son in Florida, so we're going to transport them down there so she can visit and bring them back when we're done with our little vacation. It's going to be exciting. We're taking the baby to the Magic Kingdom. I don't think she's going to remember it, but I hope she has a good time long enough for us to get a lot of pictures. Well, so we can put this in our Facebook closed group. We can have an over-under contest of how many hours Eliane will make it at the Magic Kingdom before her first meltdown. So she will be 17 months old at that point. It's going to be exciting. Going to be exciting. Speaking of something to put on our Facebook group, we have registered the RYR Endurance Team for the Mesa Marathon outside of Phoenix or Mesa, Arizona. And don't they have a half marathon and a 10K the same day? Why, yes, they do. So there we go. A race for everyone. So if you decide you want to join our team out in, I guess it's close to Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona, right? We should figure that out. I'm pretty sure it is. I think Mm -hmm. it used to be called the Phoenix Marathon. Yes. Anyway, it's February 12th, 2022. And if you decide to sign up, you can find our team, RYR Endurance Team, and they'll give you a very small discount. But we'd love to see some of our athletes out in Arizona. And some of our friends. Our friends. And maybe just some listeners. We, If you uh, are listening to this and you're running Mesa, we would love you to introduce yourself to us while we're out there. So the course is going to be really nice. Neither you nor I have run it before, but really looking forward to it. In February in Arizona, you ought to have reasonable weather compared to February in Kentucky. But the course has nearly a thousand feet of net elevation loss. So it's one of these slightly gradual, subtle downhill races. But don't be deceived by that. It does have sections of climb. Yeah, but it'll be all right. You'll be fine. We'll be ready for it. We will be, as will our athletes. I'm thinking miles four to six is a pretty good incline. Yeah, but that's early in the race, so... And maybe a speed bump around mile two. It'll be okay. I'm just informing. I'm not complaining. <laughs> we anticipate that this will be a good course 
to Boston qualify on, if that's something that you're looking for. We also anticipate this race to sell out because it has typically in the past. And it's my understanding that they have a refund policy if you decide you can't make it or change your mind for some reason. But I'm not sure how much of your money you get back. Do you know? I'm not planning on getting a refund. I'm planning on racing this thing. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we're talking about running a race or running a marathon. I've been trying to mix up my training since the Gulf Coast Marathon. I've been swimming consistently for the last six months or so. Been riding the bike. Took a a break from swimming and biking after the Ironman World Championships to really focus in on the marathon again. So I've started mixing things up. I already have already have a tangent. Okay. Have you continued to use your fancy form goggles that you got for Father's Day and your swims? I have been using my smart goggles on the swim. And do they in any way make you a faster swimmer? I don't know that they make me a faster swimmer, but I've got real data that I can look at consistently as I'm taking each stroke, as I'm taking each breath, as I'm taking each turn at the wall. So it is enlightening. I can monitor my strokes per minute, or I can see my pace per 100, or I can see my total time for the whatever interval I'm currently doing. So it's nice to be able to see that rather than just being blind in the water. It's better than just using the alert that I used to use on my watch. Well, I know on our last swim analysis video of yours, we talked about increasing your arm cadence. How's that going? I've been working on that, uh, but that's going to take some time. And I was watching a YouTube video of Sam Long on the Effortless Swimming YouTube program. And Sam was talking about how he has to work on getting his arm cadence up and his balance. And those are two things that I struggle with and I'm working on with drills and time in the pool. Yeah, I was listening to that video on and off while you were soaking it all in. And he seemed to have pretty good perspective about how to wisely use time at the pool to really hone in and focus on form and being mindful about what he was doing rather than just thrashing it out for fitness. Yeah. So this past week, I've really been trying to focus in on more drills and technique rather than just knocking out laps. That's good. Swimming with purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes some discipline to do that. But like anything else in our training, I think it'll pay dividends over time. I think that parallels as sports often does, I think that parallels with life is you can just kind of go through the motions of each day and not make any impact, or you can be mindful and purposeful and do great things during a day. Yeah. So now that we're off the tangent, I've been mixing in swimming and biking and running, just really enjoying training and started having some longer days like I used to have when I was doing serious Ironman training. Yeah, I can comment on that. You started your pre-run exercises at 6.30 Monday morning, and you finished your last exercise at 10.50 a.m. So, yes, that was a large chunk of the day. Yes, and that was Monday, a holiday. Yes, it was. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's such a blessing to be healthy enough to train. It's something we easily 
take for granted when things are going well. Tis true. All right. So off tangent number two, <laughs> I'm looking forward to doing a triathlon later this year. I haven't picked one out yet. Running has been my struggle because I've developed an injury after the Gulf Coast Marathon, but I'm working through that and I'm just I'm getting excited. I've got the bug. I need to find a triathlon, whether it's a sprint. And a sprint's probably all I'm ready for right now in my run, but I'd really like to do a half, maybe near the end of the year, if, if my fitness improves. And I'm not hoping to break any records, not necessarily be competitive, but just get on the starting line, be a participant, just enjoy the experience, and cross <laughs> uh, the finish line. Are you trying to convince me of that or yourself of that? <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. But then, we've already talked about the Mesa Marathon. You'll be competitive. Okay. <laughs> you can't help yourself. Oh, Mesa Marathon. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So, do some triathlon, do some running, working on swimming. So, that's what this podcast topic that I wanted to talk about today was runner or triathlete. Yes. Throughout your athletic career and my athletic career and our coaching careers, we've We've both been runners at times, and we've been triathletes at times, or, or maybe both. And obviously, a triathlete is a runner, but triathletes divide their time between the swimming and the biking and the running. So why would someone want to be a runner, or why would someone choose to be a triathlete? That's what I want to talk about. Okay. But either path you take, it offers you fitness, it offers you challenges, and if you're interested, it can offer you relationships. Some people just like to train by themselves, but that social aspect is just a big bonus. We've both made some really good friends through our <laughs> when, when you said when you said relationships, I'm like, oh, is there an app called trylove.com? <laughs> <laughs> not on my phone, there's not. <laughs> Mine either. All right, well let's start first by talking about the benefits of being a runner. So just keeping it really simple. If you have two healthy legs, you can run, even if they're prosthetic. Think about Oscar Pistorius, if I said his name right, who ran the 2012 Olympic Games in the 400 meter, wearing his carbon fiber blades called the cheetah legs. For most of us, we're able to run, even from a really early age, and you don't need any special equipment except shoes, and some people don't even wear shoes, but I have really tender feet. But like anything else, if you work at it, you'll toughen up and you'll be able to handle it. But I think I'll keep my shoes on. But I read a book one time, Born to Run. Have you read that book? I have not read that book. Somebody let me borrow that book at one point, and it was really enjoyable. It's about an Indian tribe in Mexico. I believe they're called the Tarahumara. I hope I said that right. And they could run hundreds of miles without much rest and with without injury, and they run barefoot. And as I recall from this book, the author visited with them and spent time running with them and, and learning about them. And it's just really enlightening how they are able to run as a ultra marathoner, ultra runner, and manage their fuel and manage their fatigue and manage injuries. But anyway, it's a really good read if you get a chance. But my point being is that you don't need a lot to be able to run. 
And as I mentioned before, you, you learn how to run at a really young age without really even thinking about it. And it's really easy to run when you travel. Just bring your shoes and map out a route. And there are a lot of websites that can help you map out a route or find favorite routes for a particular area. A lot of our runners will look at Strava in the hometown where or in the city where they're traveling to see where the most often run routes are in that area. And that's a nice safety feature as well. If you're running where there are a lot of runners, it's probably a safer area. Yeah, that's a good point. When I have traveled in the past, I always enjoy exploring while I'm running. And you may have heard the podcast where I got lost on the beach. That was an exploration that I would prefer not to relive. But there have been other exploring while running that was really enjoyable. I remember one time I was in Washington, D.C. on business, and it was my first trip to Washington, D.C. So I ran around the mall and to a lot of the different monuments, and it was just really neat to see all those in a short amount of time. But I remember one moment that was uh, that, that kind of stands out from that trip. I was running along Pennsylvania Avenue. It was in the morning, so there were a lot of people out walking in their suits and briefcases. And, and as I'm approaching the White House, I see people walking through this gate, walking up towards the White House. And I thought, well, I'll just run right up along them since they were going in there. And as I got close and started to make this left-hand turn at the gate, uh, a couple of guards were quick to react and let me know that that was a mistake. So I proceeded to turn around and keep on going. Glad you didn't get yourself arrested there, coach. Yeah, I I saw a lot of people walking through there. I guess they all had badges. I was in shorts and a t-shirt. I had no badge. <laughs> but now I know. I also remember a mishap that I had in San Diego. Sometimes the mishaps that you have are the most memorable. But this was on another business trip. And this was early in the morning. And this was San Diego. And I decided to run out to the San Diego Zoo from the convention center area and I made it to the zoo and I thought well I'll just make a a lap around the perimeter of the zoo I didn't go in and as I continued to run I got to thinking that I don't know where I'm at anymore and I was a long way from the convention center area and southern California it got hot so I started getting worried about overheating and and making my way back down to the convention center area. But long story short, I uh, figured out where I was at, ended up quite a few miles further along in a run than I had expected, but I made it to the zoo. Is that the same trip that I flew out to meet you on the weekend? That was a different business trip. That was Los Angeles. (laughs) Okay. I don't remember doing any running on that trip, but that was... An interesting trip. So what Paula is referring to without referring to it <laughs> is she flew out near the weekend of a business trip as the business trip was almost over because we were going to spend a weekend in the Los Angeles area together and we went out to the beach and I don't remember us spending a lot of time and I don't remember it being 
extremely hot, but I got so sunburned. I had blisters on my face. You were one, you were one crispy dude. <laughs> so it was quite embarrassing when we flew back to Kentucky and I went to work the next week with blisters on my face coming home from a business trip. And thankfully there was no scarring or skin cancer issues that we know of. But now I know it doesn't matter how hot it is, put on some sunscreen. There was another exploration run that I did on a business trip uh, in San Francisco. Ran from a hotel across the Golden Gate Bridge and back. That was about a 15-mile run, I remember, early in the morning. But that was pretty neat. The fog on the bay and Alcatraz off in the distance. But one thing I remember about the Golden Gate Bridge, which I wouldn't have noticed it if we had just driven across it, was the telephones on the Golden Gate Bridge with the suicide hotline numbers on them. I guess that's a thing. And let's see, one more running exploration adventure. Don't get upset with me on this one, okay? I'm listening. Okay. We went to the Green Bay Marathon at Packer Stadium, and we were supporting your friend Kelly and I ran a little bit of that with her to help her help pace her to a Boston qualifying time and after the race we were just walking around and and by we you mean you and Jason while I was taking care of Kelly yeah yeah and so we just walking around we noticed that there was nothing preventing us from walking into Piker Stadium and looking at Lambeau Field. That was pretty neat. Yes, I'm still a little bitter about that. Yeah. Of the of the two of us, who would you consider to be the bigger NFL football fan? You are probably the bigger NFL football fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there to our listeners. <laughs> because your Cowboys have been more competitive than my Miami Dolphins. Yeah, not recently, but, you know, and our son, his team... Is the Packers, but that's okay. I mean, it is what it is. So back to why would you run? So it's so easy to run when you are traveling because almost all hotels have a a treadmill. If it's not safe to go outside or the the weather is not permissible. And then running is just really fun and can be a great social time. Yeah, and I think overall it's just less time consuming. I can lace up my shoes, walk out the door, and take off running. Whereas swimming, gotta get to the club, make sure there's a lane, and all the things. And with biking, there's a lot too. Getting your bike ready, making sure your bike's safe. If you're riding when the sun's not up, making sure proper lighting. Like there's just so much more detail involved in cycling and swimming. I guess logistics might be a good word. I would say logistics is a good word for that. But those also have their benefits. Oh, well, let's talk about the benefits then. All right, now you may get a laugh out of this one. So one of the benefits of being a triathlete is if you like to shop, there are lots of opportunities to buy things. And Dean can attest to the fact that this girl hates to shop. So cycling requires a lot of gear and a lot of clothes. You need the bike. You need the shoes. You need the special wheels. You need your power meter. You need your bike computer. There's just all these things. Every little bit helps you squeeze a little bit more speed out of every watt of power. 
You need your helmet. You got to have a helmet. You need your sunglasses. Speaking of sunglasses, have I told you about the smart sunglasses for cycling? Oh my goodness. Was Father's Day swim goggles not enough? <laughs> Can you picture this though? To have your bike route visible on your glasses. So you, you just hunker down in the arrow position and you can see your watts, you can see your route, you can see your total time. Pretty amazing. All the data. Hmm. But if you like to shop, that's there's certainly some uh, advantages to being a triathlete. And as far as swimming goes, it's all kinds of drill toys. You've got your fins, your paddles, your pool buoy, bands, a snorkel, your smart swim goggles. Uh, also, a benefit of being a triathlete is you can ride or swim with your friends. And if you're riding or swimming, you can take turns leading or drafting. You may not think about there being advantages to drafting in the water, but it's a thing. It really makes a difference. It may not be as noticeable as on the bike, but you can really gain some advantages being behind someone. But if you're with friends, it's a good idea, whether on bike or on in the water, to take turns. When you're riding in a pack of friends and you're drafting off of each other on the bike, don't ride in your arrow position. That is just not safe. It's okay for the leader to be in the arrow position, but everybody else needs to have ready access to their brakes. If you're into data, there's just so much data you can analyze for cycling and swimming. And cycling and swimming, along with running, there's great cardio exercise. By mixing it up and not just doing running, you're less likely to become injured due to overuse. And if you do develop an injury, you still have more than likely. You have other ways you can train that don't involve whatever is injured. And especially with the swimming, it's more of a total body fitness rather than mainly on the legs. And with being a triathlete, you have more challenges that you can undertake. It could be that you want to complete a certain distance. It could be that you want to improve your 100-meter swim time or you want to improve your bike FTP. There's just so many other challenges that you could do. And one reason that we used to have for being a triathlete or a benefit, it was a good excuse to get away and spend time at the lake. You know me, I don't need an excuse to get away and spend time at the lake. I really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. We used to spend a lot of time doing open water swimming at the lake. Good times. And just like running, swimming and cycling can be fun and they can be great social times. And you can make more friends potentially because you may have one group of friends that are really into running, one group of friends that are into biking, and another group that's into swimming. So you may be able to expand your relationships. Well, and I think that triathlon adds such a neat dynamic because depending on the distance of the race, like this doesn't apply as much to a sprint, but there's really so much need for a plan of execution. And how much effort do you put in on the swim? How much effort do you put in on the bike? And does that leave you what you need in the tank to do the run? And really, you could do the exact same half distance triathlon 10 times and the race be completely different even though it's the exact same course because maybe you try a different strategy on the swim or maybe you try to go a higher percentage of your FTP on the bike and there's I mean there's just 
so much cause and effect in execution that it's really just a neat sport to put so many disciplines together. Yeah, and you throw in the challenges of weather in a triathlon, whether that's you know wetsuit legal or not, or strong winds on the bike. There's just so many variables. So another thing about being a triathlete, and maybe this is a twist on being a triathlete, but um, you also have related events like the aqua bike or the duathlon. If you're uncomfortable with one of the three triathlon sports, there are options to do two of those. Well, one of the things I think running and triathlon have in common is they are both very inclusive sports with supportive communities. I can just remember waiting in that line to swim at Ironman Louisville, and there were just so many people telling their stories and talking about what brought them to triathlon, and there were just so many different body types, and it's just amazing that everybody was respectful and appreciative and excited to learn the experiences of others. And some people in Ironman events may not be strong runners, but if they can make it out of the water and off the bike, you know, oftentimes they have quite a bit of time before the cutoff to complete the marathon and can walk most of it. But like you're saying, it's, there's just so much variety in the participants in triathlon. And I know from a coaching aspect, when we're coaching an athlete who is strictly a runner, it is so frustrating both for the athlete which frustrates us as coaches because there's some limitations on what you can do to continue their training if they're hurt and can't run but with a triathlete if they have a shoulder injury that's preventing them from swimming we can still provide some bike work or some run work or most commonly, they have some sort of injury preventing the run, but we can get swimming in and pool running in and biking in. And so it just provides that athlete so many avenues to stay in shape. And we as coaches can help direct that. Yeah. So there are really good reasons to be a runner or a triathlete. And either path you take, you're going to gain fitness and you're, you're going to make memories and just have a healthier lifestyle. So do you have a Bible verse this morning that goes along with this podcast topic? Yeah, I think it goes along. And I was thinking about how some people are just naturally gifted in one area or the other. And some people are gifted in a lot of different areas. But I'm thinking about Ephesians 4, 7 which says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So whatever gifts you have athletically, that's great. Use those to glorify God. But the greatest gift is what Christ did for us on the cross and the grace that he gives us to forgive us of our sins. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, look us up on Facebook. RYR Endurance Team, and we'll add you to our group. And you can ask questions or let us know about upcoming races that you are participating in or, or others that you want to give a shout out to. Or if you have podcast topics, we'd love to know about that as well. At RYR Endurance Team, 
We specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.